Welcome to the Mythic Life Podcast. In this podcast, we'll be exploring creative and alternative lifestyles with guests who are finding their own paths through careers as healers, artists, teachers, along with topics in the personal development space of developing intuition and metaphysical gifts. Today, we're exploring the mindset of wealth and our relationship with money. I'm your host, Eric Brummett, and joining me today is my dear friend, Mark Anthony. Mark is a country event coordinator for Theta Healing Australia. He is a visionary mentor, teacher, presenter, entrepreneur, and world-renowned Theta Healing instructor, and the creator of Wealth Consciousness Theta Healing Elective Course. Mark is dedicated to sharing and teaching his healing technique to the world based in St. Leonard's, Sydney, Australia, is an experienced Theta Healing instructor. Mark has taught thousands of clients the Theta Healing technique, both nationally and internationally. I am so excited to have you here today, Mark. I have absolutely loved connecting with you and learning from you, just being on this journey in this life. It's wonderful to have you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Eric. It's great to connect with you again. And, and it's, it's great to be able to, you know, spend this time and, and, you know, especially for such a, a good cause that you're doing. I, I really think it's very inspiring and the difference that it can make in people's lives is really profound. So I'm really excited to be part of this. Absolutely. I remember when we hosted you in New York for the wealth consciousness class and you, shared your journey, you know, coming into Theta Healing and really going through that time period of your life. You know, you're your husband, you have two kids, you're in construction, correct? Yeah, correct, correct. My actual study is actually in engineering, but I had a business in, in the construction industry. Life was pretty stressful then, wasn't it? Uh, life was extremely stressful then. It was, it was like I, I had a very successful business. It was, it was a very good business. I did enjoy the construction industry, but it was long hours. There was a lot of pressure. And especially at that particular time, we were actually looking at renovating our house. So I was in the process of renovating our house at the same time so that we could fix it up and sell it and build a new home for the family. And so it was a crazy time. <laughs> yeah, I can really relate growing up. You know, my dad was a general contractor and um, not only would he do houses for others, but then he also was always fixing up and flipping places and just that layering of projects and work. And then being a parent, I know you were looking for ways of alleviating that stress, stress on your body. And then like something was happening, you had a health issue. Tell us your story. I want to hear it. Okay, cool. So like I said, I was, I was basically burning the candle at both ends. So I was, I was working really long hours and, um, you know, there was a lot of pressure at that time as well. Had a young family, just had a, a daughter. My daughter was two years old and I was just feeling run down. So I went to see my chiropractor because... I was open to holistic healing and my chiropractor always had this mantra that if you go and see him regularly, you won't get sick. So it's about, you know, maintenance, maintaining your body and, and that keeps you healthy. So I went to see him and he performed a manipulation on me 
and I heard the bones click into place. And then I went home and an hour later, I felt this pain across my back. And so the next day I rang him back. I said, look, you know, whatever you've done, can you just fix it up? And went back to see him and it didn't actually get better. So then I went to see the doctors. The doctors sent me for a bone scan and they found that I had four fractures. I had a fracture on my left rib, two fractures on my right rib and a fracture on the vertebrae. So basically from an over-aggressive manipulation, I ended up with four fractures. And the doctors just told me that it was going to take six to eight weeks to heal. So I just had to rest in that period. So I started resting and unfortunately, things just didn't improve. Six weeks went by, eight weeks went by. I was still in a lot of pain. And if anything, the pain was actually getting worse. Mm. And so I went back to see the doctors and basically forced them to send me for an x-ray and I got the x-ray done and the radiographer comes out of the room and he sits about five meters away from me and he says to me that it's totally up to you you can go and see your local doctor tomorrow but he's going to do exactly the same thing for you he said I've already rung the hospital and told them that you're on your way he said it looks like you've got TB And so the positive out of that for me was I had no idea what TB was, but he sounded really serious. So I thought I'd better just go to the hospital. So I went to the hospital. They did all the tests for tuberculosis. I didn't have that. And so they started to look into identifying what the infection was. And so just to give you a little bit of understanding, what he actually found on the x-ray was there was damage to T6 vertebrae, damage to the disc, and partial collapse of T7 vertebrae. So this infection was actually inside my spine, eating away at the bones. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so they did the first biopsy, which was a fine needle biopsy. And I I know I don't, we we use metric here in Australia, but um, but the, the needle, the fine needle is 30 centimeters long and it's about five millimeters thick. And that's called the fine needle. I'd hate to see the big needle. (laughs) (laughs) But they put me on a CT scanner and just kept putting me in and out until they pushed this needle far enough into my vertebrae to get a sample of the infection. Once they get a sample of the infection, they put it in a controlled environment, the infection grows, and then they can treat you with antibiotics. But unfortunately, in my case, the infection didn't grow. So they decided to do another biopsy where they were just going to put three holes in my side and they were going to collapse the lung to get in there and and take a bigger sample. And I signed my life away with this procedure and they said to me that worst case scenario, if they had to cut me open, it was going to be a two centimetre cut. Hmm. So I went in for this procedure. I came out, I've got two tubes coming out my side that are draining the blood or whatever else was there because they collapsed the lung. I was on a button for morphine. So I had a drip for morphine and I've got a scar that's 20 centimeters across my back. So worst case scenario was two centimeters and I've ended up with a 20 centimeter cut. And a couple of days later, the doctors came back and said, look, we've got the results. And the good news is you don't have cancer. And that was a bit of a shock because I had no idea they were checking for that. The bad news is we didn't take enough sample to test for anything else. And so they wanted to repeat the procedure seven days later. And so 
luckily for me, I ended up getting a fever in that seven-day period. So in Australia, in the medical system, if you get a fever in hospital, they have to treat you. They have to give you some sort of antibiotic. And so what they did was they gave me a really high dosage antibiotic and they said it was a six-week treatment. So the infection levels in my blood were 125. Normal levels are zero to 15. So the infection levels were really high. So at the end of that six-week treatment, I went for another blood test and the infection levels were still 125. So this antibiotic didn't actually work. Yeah. But during that period, one of the things I did was actually jumped online and looked up the condition that they called, that they said I had, and it was vertebral osteomyelitis. So osteomyelitis is just a bone infection. And one of the first things that I read that it was that if it's not treated, it's fatal. And that didn't matter because I was brought up in a family that had a lot of belief in the medical medical industry, the medical system. And so I had a lot of faith that the doctors were going to help me. And once we got those results, they got me back in for another fine needle biopsy. And again, we got the same results. They didn't know what the infection was. And so finally, it got to the point for the doctors where they said to me, Mark, there's nothing more that we can do for you. You have to go home and hope for the best. And to hear that from the medical system was really devastating. Because I had so much faith in the medical industry, because of my upbringing in relation to it, all of a sudden, these doctors are saying they can't do anything else to help me. So I went to see my naturopath. My naturopath gave me some vitamins, and she also gave me a book. She says, this is a course she did a few years ago, and there may be something in it for you. And so I took this book home. This was the Sunday night. And I began reading this book. I must have gotten about 10 pages into this book. And then I just had that intuitive feeling that whatever this is, this is it. I knew this was going to help me. And so I jumped online. I looked up Viana Steibel. I found her website. <laughs> For the life of me, I couldn't find anybody on that website that was in Australia. But I did sign up to her Yahoo group, and that gives you an idea of how long ago it was. <laughs> <laughs> so it was actually 18 years ago. And the next morning, I get all these emails from this Yahoo group, and there's a person in Australia. So I rang them up. That was Monday, Tuesday. They rang me back. We booked a consultation for the Thursday, and I booked the basic and the advanced theta healing classes. So the, the basic was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And the advance was the following weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And so I did that first consultation and half the pain in my back disappeared. At the end of that weekend, my wife and my daughter came to pick me up. And my daughter came running up to me and she's like, daddy, daddy, carry me. And my wife is freaking out because the neurosurgeon told me that if I was to pick up a shopping bag, it would collapse my spine. But I knew my body was healed and I picked up my daughter and I never looked back from that point. And that was just an incredible transformation that really showed me the power of our minds to heal our bodies and to change our circumstances and our conditions. So whatever the conditions and circumstances are that we're experiencing in our lives, they're just temporary. And those are the results of the mindset or the level of vibration or consciousness, I like to call it. Yeah, And 
that infection resonated at the consciousness that I was at. Once I raised my consciousness beyond that, then all of a sudden it no longer was able to survive in my body and my body healed itself. And, you know, then from there I thought, you know, I'll, I was just excited to be alive. And so I have a lot of family. I have a Lebanese background and I went home and family and, and relatives were like, you know, whatever you've got, can we have some? Because they saw me a week ago, I was, I was half dead. And then the next week I was completely healed. So I was doing healings on them and it was amazing. And so I started to assist on a couple of classes, but about a month later, Vianna was coming to Australia and Vianna only teaches the instructor classes. And so I went to do the instructor classes just to meet the lady who gave me my life back. And I remember being in those classes and Vianna said, you know, 80% of you will go on and teach this work. And I remember thinking, thank God I'm in the 20%. <laughs> because I always saw myself going back into engineering or the construction industry. And it was really interesting from that point because everything I tried to do to go back into construction or engineering it was like these brick walls would come up in front of me. Everything I did related to theta healing was like this red carpet was rolled out in front of me. And so it took me about six months to realize that this is what I'm meant to be doing. Maybe I'm a bit of a slow learner <laughs> or used to be, <laughs> but it was just an incredible journey. I'm really wondering with that time period before the infection, it's not like life was bad. As you said, you really did enjoy engineering. Now I've seen you teach. You're just on this level of bliss. When, when you get to inspire people, when you get to watch transformation, you know, I resonate that way as a teacher of like, there's almost nothing more fulfilling. Absolutely. Growing up, did you ever feel a bit of that calling? Were, were there invitations to another pathway in all honesty i don't think there was like you know there was a couple of signs like you know my father was a teacher my father would teach english when when he first came he migrated to australia and and he would teach english so he was actually a very well educated man mm. and you know i guess maybe that's the genetics like you know there was there was that in you know there but I, I never ever saw myself as being a teacher or or you know even look spirituality was a real stretch for me i was brought up in a very catholic family going to church every sunday and at the age of 21 i met this girl and honestly i thought she was a weirdo she was into all this spirituality stuff and and you know pretty much she was just into naturopaths really at that time <laughs> And I told her, I said, you know, like, you're a weirdo. And she said, well, if you don't like it, see you later. And I thought, well, hang on, that's the wrong answer. <laughs> but I thought, she's a nice girl. Maybe I should have a look at what she's doing. And so we enrolled in a parapsychology class together. And one of the first things they discussed was intuition. And they spoke about gut feelings. And that's when the light bulb came on for me, because that was something that I had experienced in my life. I had no idea where that feeling came from or how it got there, but I just knew when I had that feeling, I had to trust it. And all of a sudden, these people are talking about being able to use that ability in your day-to-day -day life. 
And that's where I needed to understand. So maybe that's where the engineering mind came into it. And I needed to understand the details. So for the next 11 years, I began studying everything I could spiritually. But in all honesty, like it wasn't like I was chasing it. It was just like whatever came in front of me, I I was interested in it. I was more actually interested in the quantum physics side of things. That's what I resonated more with. And, And so I was studying everything that I could. And there was always that something missing. And I couldn't really put my finger on it. And, and I didn't really understand it because, you know, everything is a perfect manifestation in our lives, right? So even, you know, manifesting that chiropractor and, and look, chiropractors are amazing. I have a couple of chiropractors that I still go and see today and they're incredible. It was just this particular person was running his business like a body shop and the way he was operating was unethical. But it was, it was really profound because when I was in my hospital bed, I was half dead. I didn't know whether I was going to live or die. And I remember sitting there and I was telling my wife, who who was the weirdo. <laughs> so so I married her and we have two wonderful children. And and I think I, I think this year is our 25th anniversary. So so we've been together for a while. Wow, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. But the interesting thing was I was I was sitting there on my hospital bed and I was telling her, I'm praying to get better. But who am I praying to? Am I praying to this God of spirituality or am I praying to Jesus and Mary? See, what happened was I created a separation in my mind. Mm-hmm. Either I was spiritual or I was Catholic. And it wasn't until theta healing came into my life that I understood that they're all part of the whole. And as you know, broken bones are about connection to God. And that's where my connection to God was actually fractured. And that's where I ended up with those fractures in my bone. And so for me to say there were signs that, you know, I I never really saw any signs that, you know, I was going to be there, like, you know, teaching this sort of work or anything like that. I always felt good helping people, but I never really even perceived to to, to the extent that I have been blessed with the opportunity to be able to help people in the way that I have. And it's really phenomenal. But, you know, for me, it was like that connection to God. Once I truly understood the whole picture when it came to God and all the religions, that's when it was a real turning point for me. And, you know, that was the cause of, you know, the broken bones, the support issues, because the back is all about support. My father died when I was 16, very suddenly. And it was coming up to my 32nd birthday that uh, I remember thinking this is the year that I've been without him longer than I was with him. And that's the year that I actually had, you know, had my illness. And, you know, it, it was just a really profound transformation. But once I started to help people, I realized that there was a bigger picture here. And something really profound happened to me while I was in hospital as well. And at the time, I had no idea how significant this moment was. But when I was in hospital, I was in a room with three other people. And the man that was diagonally opposite to me, uh, we got along really well. And I was actually in the cardiothoracic ward where they do like the heart bypass operations Mm. and, and that sort of thing. And so he was there and he just got his results from the doctors. The doctors came in and they were excited. They said, look, you know, all we need to do is give you a pacemaker and you'll be fine. Mm. And 
And this guy jumps out of his bed. He starts swearing at the doctors and he's getting dressed. He's wanting to discharge himself. His wife is sitting there. She's crying. And it was just one of those moments that was just really profound because he, he actually owned a bus. And in Australia, if you have a pacemaker, you're not allowed to drive a bus. Yeah. So he was seeing his livelihood going out the window. And I remember, like I was half dead, and I remember in that moment thinking to myself, God, if there is something out there that can give people hope, show me what it is. And so what actually happened was I created a purpose for myself in that moment. And, you know, 30 seconds later, I went back to being half dead. I completely forgot all about it. But the thing was is is I opened up that bigger purpose for myself. And that's what allowed me to choose to live. And that was a really pivotal moment. And, and I guess, you know, for me, you know, theta healing, all the spiritual work that we do, bottom line for me, it's all about empowerment. It's all about teaching people, allowing people to see that they're not a victim to what is happening to them in their lives. They actually have the ability to change it. And, and that is for me, like one of the, the keys of all the work that we do. It's about giving people that empowerment, allowing them to know that they are one with the creator. Every single one of us and science is proving it. Quantum physics proves it that we are one with that energy of all that is or the energy of creation. And so if we are one with that energy, then everything is possible for us. And if we look at the energy of creation, its natural state is abundance. And our natural state is abundance. And so any that's not that is just a creation of our, our unconscious. This moment that you're sharing, I've heard you really hone in on a few different moments of, of intuition and those prophetic moments that like in the time of sometimes we don't recognize the significance, but in hindsight, they are. And this is a huge thing is playing with free will, you know, right? Because what manifests has a certain frequency to it and that place of mindset, right? So, you know, you, you shared how you went to these parapsychology events and like learned about tapping into intuition and a feeling right and and then having like the more mechanical mindset like the bridge of that is thought right the the structure of mindset and something that i've been really working with a lot is really trying to understand free will probably because i have teenagers and like you really have to figure out free will because they're just <laughs> stepping into the idea that they can do whatever yeah, absolutely on what level are we active in our free will right like is it that those survival and reaction and activity and and go straight to doing or like when do we elevate our free will into this more super conscious place when are we choosing off intuition when are we choosing off that soul level that creation level and that being in the hospital and having that moment feels like 
created, opened that door to, you know, this place where you feel like letting go, looking for options. And then it had to unravel to all the, the rest of that story of this healing that really stands out here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I guess like in that moment, it really got to the point where I took the focus away from me. And, you know, when I say take the focus away from me, I meant like all of my conditions and circumstances. I was so focused on what I was experiencing physically. I was so focused on, you know, the negative emotions that I was carrying that actually created that, you know, physical condition. And all of that was switched off. All of that was switched off. And I stepped into that higher consciousness where it was, where it was no longer about me because, you know, I guess for me growing up, I've always been a very ambitious type of person. Mm. And I guess, you know, with naivety, uh, you know, when I was 18 or, you know, in my teen years, I, I just wanted to be rich. So I'd never have to work again. <laughs> and, uh, and it was all about, you know, get buying toys and, you know, having the things that, you know, like I, I wanted to the, the luxuries and all the rest of it. And it's been really, really interesting because the more success I've actually created in my own life, the less it's about those things. Mm. And, and that's the really profound thing that I've found is, you know, what car I drive is really insignificant compared to the difference that I'm making in another person's life. And, and that's really comes back to our purpose. So, you know, my purpose is, and, and yours would be the same, Eric, where, you know, making that difference in other people's lives, raising their consciousness, helping them to be the best version of themselves. And, you know, when I'm doing that, that's when I feel fulfilled. When I'm driving my car and I feel fulfilled, I, I enjoy the experience, but ultimately it's about that bigger purpose. Yeah. And, you know, the, the free will aspect of it is we can choose to experience anything we want. And, you know, in every interaction that you have with another person, you have the free will to make it a negative experience. You have the free will to make it a positive experience. There's only a few things, and Vianna teaches about divine timing in the workshops, and those are things that we've actually predetermined that we will achieve during our lifetimes. And usually like there's three or four moments and, you know, and, and maybe making a difference in one person's life or maybe changing a million people's lives. But ultimately you're going to do that. Everything else outside of that is your free will. And, you know, your, your bigger purpose is what you're here to achieve. And, and this is something that I find really profound and something that I focus on in the wealth consciousness class, as you know, is about purpose, because when you know what your purpose is, life is fulfilling and when you're moving towards your purpose the external circumstances disappear you can experience whatever you choose to in any moment but when you're living your purpose the fulfillment that comes from that is unrivaled there's there's nothing that compares to that experience that you know you're fulfilling your purpose and and that is really important because you know we have the free will to do anything. And I guess, you know, when it comes to free will, I think people try to analyze it too much. And it's, it's really important to keep it simple. In every moment, you have the choice 
to experience that moment as a wonderful experience or as a negative experience. And I heard once, and, and this is really important too, because I heard once and, and it was joy and pain are basically the same thing. They're on opposite ends of the spectrum. But whatever gives you joy also gives you pain. So whatever gives you joy when it is not there, you experience pain. And that is just a construct in our own minds. What we're doing is we're, we're making our experience based on external circumstances. And our experience is more about the internal experience, the connection with our soul, the bigger picture of what we're actually doing here. And when we're focused on that, you'll find that you'll be able to achieve your free will in anything that you do. And the people that interact with you, their free will is in alignment with your free will. That's why things are working together with those people. If what you're doing is going against another person's free will, then that person will find a way to move on or just not associate with you. But you're not going to negatively impact another person's free will. You know, when it comes to our children, there is no manual on how to bring up kids the right way. You just hope for the best. <laughs> and, and when they grow up, you, you know, you think, okay, well, hopefully, you know, they're going to turn out to be a good person. They're going to make a positive difference, you know, and all you can do is just instill the values that you believe are right for you and right for them. And then they're going to make their own choices based on that. Yeah. And. I guess to a degree, one of the hardest things that I had to learn in theta healing was actually accepting that my children had their own journey. So I had an incredible healing. And so if one of my children was sick, I'd expect them to heal. But see, that was me imposing my free will on that person. So I realized that, you know what, it's their journey. They have their own free will. All I can do is love them and support them in the best way that I can in every moment. And once I released that attachment to them doing things the way I wanted them to do it, yeah. then all of a sudden my relationship with them dramatically changed. And not only that, I actually gave them the opportunity to heal themselves because if I have an obligation to heal my child, then my child needs to be sick in order for me to fulfill that obligation to heal them. And so when I release myself from that, I'm releasing them from needing to be sick so they could actually just heal. And that's where it's really important just to accept that everybody has their free will. Everybody is one with the creator. So everybody is amazing. Everybody has the potential to achieve anything that they desire. And all we need to do is allow them to have that mindset or that knowing that everything is possible for them and that everything will work out for them. And with that, you know, it reminds me of something that I have held on to so, so much from when we hosted you was the internal boundaries of thought, you know, because we have these conversations with people, we're always interacting in some way or another. And do we 
accept projections onto us from other? Are we taking on the prescription of expectations of others and project out? And, and I always will remember how important it is to not just try and create a boundary of, of canceling or like combating, but like that statement that you shared of that's true for them my reality is and and having like not just a cancel of negative thought but actually a replacement of it so that there's something to actually grab onto and having that discipline of of that skill has been so so helpful so i'm always appreciative of that and you know going into this place of of mindset especially with this sense of free will you know, I'm, I'm really excited for us to get into this next part. So a mythic life is free from the constraints of old stereotypes, led by the adventurous soul that is striving for joy, fulfillment of purpose, and the quest for higher growth and connection. A person who believes there is more than meets the eye, that pursues personal development, alternative medicine, lifestyles that are wanting to break free of the societal norms, and explore their mystical abilities. There's greatness within everyone and a soul desiring for joy. And going from this place of mindset, because something that came through there was how the sense of abundance, right? You were saying how the energy of creation is abundance and how when we tap into purpose, purpose it it's outside of ego really you know and i was seeing it was just a a few weeks ago this little impromptu video of somebody asking the dalai lama a question of where do negative thoughts come from and what he said was negative thoughts come from ego whenever we're thinking of self i i i i i i it creates those attachments and bubbles us and, and uh, that it's not exactly, this is my, you know, paraphrasing and that what breaks us free of negative thoughts is getting outside of ego. And um, the sense of like helping people find that sense of purpose and being in it, being in that outward work, you know, what has come through on this journey is not just teaching theta healing, but channeling this sense of mindset around wealth consciousness. Share, share with us what this elective class is about. What is wealth consciousness? It all came about because, I mean, I, I mentioned how I had like that incredible transformation. I was able to, you know, shift my consciousness and heal my body. And I started working with people and a lot of people would heal instantly and a lot of people wouldn't. And that really did, didn't make sense to me. Like, how is it possible that some people would heal and other people wouldn't? And so I began studying the common things in the people that healed. And I started, began studying the common things in the people that didn't heal. And that was really the basis for the wealth consciousness class because I'd always been able to manifest things really quickly in my life and, and things would come together, you know, very easily. And, I looked at all the things that worked for me 
and I looked at all the common things that worked for the other people that were able to heal instantly. And what I did was put together a program, and it really is a step-by-step program of being able to create whatever it is that you desire in your life because you have your purpose. Your purpose is the bigger picture of why you're here. Now, you know, many people have an idea of what their purpose is, and the purpose is usually about making a difference in people's lives. So whatever you do for work, you can make a positive difference in people's lives. And, you know, if somebody is selling washing machines, for example, and if I sell you a washing machine and, and this washing machine is too small for your family, then every time you use that washing machine, you're going to be thinking, damn, Mark, why did you sell me this one? But if I sell you the right washing machine that's going to do the job for your family, then every time you wash your clothes, you're going to be thinking, thank God Mark sold us this one. And that's the difference that we're looking to make. Like whatever interaction you're having with other people, it's about making it a positive one. And, you know, the the bottom line, the purpose of why we're here is going to be achieved. You will achieve whatever it is that your purpose is. So how are you choosing to live the life of your dreams? Because you can arrive at your purpose, rich or poor. You can arrive there healthy or sick, in love or alone. All of those things are free will. So with the wealth consciousness, it's about understanding that wealth is not about money. Money is probably like, you know, the the least important aspect of wealth consciousness because wealth consciousness is all about having abundance in all the areas of your life. When you have abundance in all areas of your life, you have balance in all the areas of your life. Your life is going to be absolutely amazing. And that's what we're looking to create here because you can create that. If you are one with the creator, then everything is possible for you. And so all the wealth that you have ever desired actually lies within you and not outside of you. Often we look at the external circumstances or the external environment, and we think that that determines what we experience, but it's it's wrong. It's not the, the way it works. If, if you look at you know the 1920s, we had the Great Depression. A lot of people struggled financially during that time, but one of the you know, less known statistics out of that time is the most millionaires came out of the Great Depression. And that's really phenomenal because it just shows you the mindset. Like if there's a Great Depression, how can people be successful from that? And it shows you that if your mindset is fixed in a certain way, then what's going to happen is you're going to be limited by those circumstances. You're going to be a victim to those experiences. And it's about understanding that we can actually create anything that we desire. But whatever we're holding onto from our past is what actually stops us from moving forward. And that's what's really important to heal. And so that's where, you know, in the wealth consciousness class, we go through a number of exercises to identify, you know, your relationship with money firstly. If you you have a healthy relationship with money, you're going to allow it into your life. If you have an unhealthy relationship with money, you're going to be pushing it away. So if you're Mm. worried about money, then you're going to attract more worry. If you have scarcity, if you feel there is a lack of money, you'll create more of that. If you feel guilty about having money, if you have money, other people are going to be missing out, then that's going to create lack and scarcity. And resentment towards money is a really big one too. So what happens is 
you know, money is important from the perspective of being a tool that we use to exchange for goods and services. Nothing more. The problem with our society is we tend to value ourselves based on how much money we have, but that's not how it works truly because your value is infinite. You are one with the creator. So nothing can really diminish your value, but we look at all of our experiences, our childhood, getting in trouble from our parents, you know, having a negative loving relationship. And, and we look at those things and we think that we're not good enough and we devalue ourselves. So money is just a representation of your internal value in relation to money. And that's the key thing to understand because a, a rich person doesn't have a higher self-worth than a poor person. It's just in that aspect of wealth, they have a higher value. And so anybody can have that higher value if we allow ourselves to be comfortable with that money. And so one of the key things with the wealth consciousness class is understanding how quantum physics works, understanding how we truly create our reality. And, and that is really pivotal because, you know, we've all heard that, you know, you create your reality. But when you understand step by step how you actually do create your reality, it's actually a lot easier to create what you desire. And then I have a step by step process of setting goals and intentions. And Setting goals and intentions is really important because if you don't have something that you're striving to, you're not going to get there. It's just like if you type into your GPS or your, you know, Google Maps, for example, take me somewhere, it's not going to do anything. But when you key in an exact address, not only does it show you how to get there, it gives you options on how to get there. And that's a really important thing. And that's a big mistake that a lot of people make is they have these manifestations that they're sending out to the universe, but they're not really clear on what they're actually manifesting. And that gives them confused results. And so there's a lot of frustration in relation to that. And, you know, from the manifesting in abundance course, that's rule number one is know what you want. You know, so often we're putting on our manifesting list external prescriptions of life, you know, like, oh, I'm supposed to have this and this and this and this and this, you know, and, and what I really hear you sharing is like, there is a difference between wealth mindset and external wealth. And so often how we define it is based off, what do I have? What's in the bank account? this external piece of pursuing something rather than pursuing the mindset of say appreciation, right? Like, yeah. you know, that energy of gratitude and, and like really actually looking at how we define wealth versus, you know, how do we define what currency is, what money is. I remember it was actually from a coach we were working with for our business that we were stressed out about, you know, what our overhead was and what we were borrowing to like maintain staying afloat and stuff like that. And she pointed out to us, oh my gosh, all of your thoughts are going to all these things around money and had us look at what money is and, and was like, you know, Money actually used to be something. 
because there was a limit to it. There was only so much. It was backed by gold at one point, right? Like it was backed by silver and it's not backed by anything now. They just keep making it. And it's not even becoming a physical currency anymore. Now it's just digits on a screen. Like literally it is unlimited. And as soon as you put infinite unlimited to it, there's no end to what is possible, right? Absolutely. That we literally are in this new era of what this idea of, of what is possible and what is fulfilling. Like, is it actually fulfilling of purpose to have a billion dollars? Right. Does that make you happy? You know, that always that in pursuit of happiness instead of just feeling fulfilled. But it goes both ways, right? Because the other side is lack and scarcity. The very poor person that they're positive in their mindset, but they also don't have what they they need necessarily. In that scope, like what what do you find really are some of those keys to holding the the mindset around it? Yeah. So you know what whatever you're experiencing is your truth, and and that, and that's what happens. Like so. You know, a person that is experiencing lack, that is their truth. And it can be a difficult thing to get out of, especially when that's what they've experienced all their lives. But see, one of the key things that that I've found is you need to have something that you're working towards. We're human beings, we're organic creatures. And it's just like a plant. If it's not growing, it's dying. And that's a really important thing to remember and understand. So we need to be constantly growing, expanding our minds and allowing our awareness to grow. And by having things that inspire us, having things that we're excited to work towards is what actually allows us to grow. And that's why knowing exactly what you desire is really important. And a really important thing to understand when it comes to setting your intentions, what it is that you're manifesting in your life, is don't look at what you think is possible. Look at what would give you the most incredible life of your liking. What would be that incredible life for you? And what when you focus on that and you look at it over the next 30 years, and when you're looking at the bigger picture of what would give you the most incredible life, then it's actually a lot easier to get excited about. And one of the things that I actually get people to do in the class as well is to actually list the reasons why whatever it is that they're manifesting is important to them. And the reason for that is, you know, you, you actually touched on it because it was like the expectations of what other people have on us. A lot of people spend their life chasing a particular dream only to realize that it was actually somebody else's dream for them. And as long as you're trying to fulfill somebody else's dream for you, it's going to be hard work. Hmm. And that's a really important thing to understand and remember. So when you know why something is truly important to you, when you know why it inspires you, then taking the action to achieve it becomes really easy. And that's a real key to the picture because action is important. Action enables reception. A lot of people work really hard. They spend their whole life, you know, doing so much and never actually achieve what they desire. And that's because action only enables reception. 
initiation is the key. And your initiation of your manifestation is knowing exactly what it is and knowing why it's important to you. And when you understand those things properly and make sure you write down all your manifestations, writing them down is, is the key because your subconscious reads it and it sees whatever it reads as truth. And so it's going to bring those manifestations into your life a lot quicker when you write them down. So writing them down is really important. And when you follow that process, you're going to find that things will come to you a lot quicker. But you're right on the money, Eric, when you said like, you know, about gratitude, because one of the biggest mistakes that people make is they're focused on what they're manifesting. So let's say they're manifesting that new home. And, you know, they're really excited about manifesting this new home. And they walk into their current home and they're opening the front door and they're thinking, I hate this place. So the universe is thinking, well, hang on a minute. If you hate this place, if you don't have gratitude for this one, how are you going to have gratitude for the new one? So maybe you need to stay there a little bit longer. And so the universe will prolong reception of your manifestation because there is ingratitude. And so it's really important to allow yourself to see how much abundance you currently have in your life right now. And we all do have a lot of abundance, Yeah. right? If you have children, you know, there's no price that you would sell your children for, for the majority of people anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like you've got things in your life that are priceless. And if you translate that into money, that's abundance. That's wealth beyond measure. And so there is so much that we currently have in our lives to be grateful for. And there is so much abundance that we currently have. And when we step into that energy of abundance, that actually raises our consciousness. And when you raise your consciousness, you allow more into your life. And that's a really key thing when it comes to manifesting because we're at a particular level. So if we were to say that we're vibrating at you know, on a chart and we're at, say, level 50, whatever is in alignment, whatever resonates with our vibration is going to be automatically attracted to us in our lives right now. So let's say our manifestation is at level 75. So in order for us to experience what's at level 75, we need to raise our vibration to that level, our consciousness to that level. And when we raise our consciousness to that level, we'll automatically experience what is resonating at that level. So we've all seen it in our lives. There's times where you don't feel good about yourself and your finances drop. And then there's times where you feel really good about yourself and your finances rise to that level. Change takes place in you first. And so the other important thing to understand is when you manifest something, you're basically saying to the universe, whatever issues I need to deal with, in order to raise my vibration to that higher level, bring them up. And so a lot of people manifest things and then they have these negative experiences and they think, oh, I'm a victim. Like, you know, my manifestations don't work. But the reason why that negative experience is happening is so you can rise above it. So you can raise your consciousness beyond that because unconsciously we've asked for these issues to come up so that we can allow our vibrations to rise to that higher level. And we can experience the abundance that we desire. Beautiful. You know, as, as you're sharing this, something that's really coming through, I mean, I'm just getting chills about it right now is with 
manifesting, it always feels like tangible and particle and like substance. And really the concept of manifesting is very fluid. And what I mean by that is something that you were sharing before of joy and pain actually being same, because when you have joy and then the absence of the joy creates space and it's replaced with pain. And, you know, I, I've worked with people that they're like, I manifest, I wanted this. And then all of a sudden all this drama shows up, all this pain. And it's like, because they're holding on to old joys that are not, no longer joyful. You know, it's like, oh, having this thing that I haven't let go of yet, you know, this substance particle holding on to and wanting to accumulate and mount on new manifestations. Like part of this is also this stripping away, right? What would you suggest when we do do our manifestations of like, how do you, how do you listen to what to let go of? You know, that story of the, the person with the pacemaker, they're in pain when they're literally given an opportunity of living. You know, it's like, because they don't want to let go of the bus. And, and look, the, the thing is, is we're here to achieve our soul's purpose. And the only time we experience struggle is when our soul and our ego are not in alignment. So our ego is wanting something physical or something tangible, and it's not in alignment with our soul purpose. And so what happens is we experience that struggle, we experience that hardship. When your ego, when your soul, when your, your conscious and subconscious minds are all in alignment, you'll find that everything comes to you very quickly and you're in that flow where, you know, it's like the, the universe brings the red carpet out and, and, you know, it doesn't matter what you do. It's, it's just a, a golden opportunity. And it's really about allowing ourselves to step into that. So. The important thing to know is that, yes, we do accumulate material things in this life, but those material things do not define you, right? You are one with the creator ultimately. You are here for a higher purpose and you are here to ultimately reach what the Buddhists call enlightenment. And, and that is every single one of our journeys. The ultimate journey is to reach that level of enlightenment. Now, there's nothing wrong with experiencing physical things, but it's important to be detached from all of them. Allow yourself to know that, you know, you're the temporary custodian of everything that you experience in your life. And as long as you continue building and growing on your vision, you'll continue achieving. Hmm. Mistake people make is they achieve that goal. So let's say they have a goal to, to achieve a million dollars. And they achieve that million dollars. And then what happens is they start focusing on that million dollars. And anytime it drops below that million dollar level, all of a sudden they start getting stressed out. And, and what they're doing is they're attached to it being at that particular level. And that's because they haven't raised their vibration to go bigger. See what's next. Allow yourself to continue growing. And it's not about greed. It's not about having, you know, more than, you know, the person next door. It's about knowing that we have unlimited potential. And as long as we continue to grow and expand our consciousness, we will actually attract more abundance into our lives. Hmm. 
Mm. It's, it's impossible to raise your consciousness without bringing more abundance in. And, and that's the key thing to understand. So the more we raise our consciousness, the closer we're becoming to that oneness of all that is. And the more we come with that oneness of all that is, the more abundance we experience. And so know that whatever it is that you have in your life, you've earned it. You deserve to experience it. Allow yourself to enjoy whatever is there in your life, but don't think that you own it. Don't try to hold on to it. Allow yourself to continue expanding because that spirit purpose is the key for all of us. Know that you deserve to experience anything that you desire in your life and that you're worthy and having it, worthy of having it. But the less you are detached to things, the more you'll actually allow into your life. Yeah. And, and that's one of the key exercises that I do in the wealth consciousness class is looking at what is it that you can't live without of all the things that you're manifesting. What is that one thing that you can't live without? And you need to identify why you can't live without it. What does it really mean to you? What does having it mean to you? What does not having it mean to you? Because what we tend to do is we tend to think that this external object is going to fulfill something in me. And that's not how it works. You know, for example, if you're manifesting a new car and when you think about having that new car, you feel confident, you feel excited, you feel happy then those are the things that you need to be right now in order to allow that car into your life, allow yourself to experience that car. And, and that's the key. So it's, it's not the external things that give us that satisfaction. It's being in that state already, and that allows us to experience whatever it is that we desire. It's so funny that you mentioned the car. I've been manifesting for my truck. <laughs> I have a vision of what truck I want. I know exactly what I want for the truck. And part of it is like, I'm being maybe I'm being very specific, but I also feel like I'm being too specific because like, literally I was actually just offered a free truck. That's actually the same model truck. It's just not the truck I want. Right. And it's like <laughs> being that appreciation, be like, yeah, sure. I'll take the truck. I mean, Come on, Eric, you wanted your truck. So, so in that situation, what you got to recognize is the universe is giving you that truck. Yeah. It's not that your manifestation isn't working. It's just that's the stepping stone. But see, if you're saying, no, I don't want that, that truck, then the universe sees that, hang on, he doesn't want to receive. Yeah. If you're not a good receiver, then you'll block a lot of abundance from coming to you in your life. And so you got to look at those opportunities as like that's the stepping stone. And that receiving really is in that gratitude, appreciation. Thank you. Oh, yes. You know, I remember Viana saying that to, to Sarah and I, like, never say no to a gift. You know, thank you. Have that appreciation. Let yourself receive it. It is such a huge key. Uh, absolutely. We're on this awesome journey right now of like, you know, two years ago, we left the city and our lifestyle was a certain way and our mindset was a certain way. And we had this incredible experience. It was like euphoric of returning to nature and coming up and having our land and like feeling that sense of real freedom. And it shifted our instincts. It shifted our intuition because, 
you know, my ancestry, you know, they were peasants. They actually, they're farmers and things like that. And, you know, my dad loved that sense of the garden. And the first thing I wanted to do was plant a garden when I came here. And the first thing I started doing was walking out and communing with the trees and like introducing myself to them. And it's been this journey now of like, what is this fulfillment? What is this sense of purpose? And learning lessons of like biodynamic farming and taking actions or reading the books. Yet there's been pain as well. So what I'm really getting out of this is how to let go of that joy of being more the the city merchant, you know, like having a shop, having a healing center. And even though I've gone on this awesome journey of letting that go, there's still pain there, you know, and that it's still creating a struggle two years later that isn't letting me step into this new purpose, that purpose is fluid. It doesn't mean like I have one mission and agenda in this life. Like it's really an experience of life and where we can let go of and that we are fluid through these different societal archetypes. You know, the, you know, when we break free of stereotypes, we do get to step into playing through them. We're not stuck in one. Historically, we were always stuck in like, oh, my father is a contractor. I'm going to be a contractor. My mother was a teacher. I'm going to be a teacher. The sense of education and choice historically wasn't there. And we are in this new era that anything's possible. You know, we <laughs> could totally live as a noble, even if you don't have noble blood. And Sarah and I have been exploring that of like working on not just the belief level around it with money, with the sense of purpose and job, but how to have that fluidity of enjoying all of them, you know, actually holding that place of enjoying being the servant and the peasant and the merchant and like all these different stereotypes. So I just absolutely love this exploration and really these keys that you're sharing with us, you know, from, from your wealth consciousness class of shifting our mindset so that we can align and intuit purpose and have a destination to move to. So I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for sharing this journey with us. Oh, it's been a pleasure. We are mythic life, free thinkers, deep feelers, courageous trailblazers. We own our myth with our vibes, how we think, feel, and act. We believe that love is a given, not something earned, that spiritual is sexy, kindness is cool, and earth is sacred, that everybody has superpowers and life is too boring without magic. We walk our talk and when life gets real, we heal. We choose our path and make it epic. And I just want to thank you once again, Mark, for joining us. For our listeners, if you want to learn more about Mark Anthony, you can visit his website, Co-Creation, and follow him on Facebook. Are you on Instagram as well? Yeah, we're on Instagram as well and on YouTube too. We've got a YouTube channel there as well. You can find his links in the comments below. And if you have taken the Theta Healing courses, if you haven't experienced the Wealth Consciousness course, I highly, highly recommend it. It is absolutely incredible. And for all of our listeners, we 
are live on the second and fourth Monday of each month here up until June and then again here in the fall. And for more about Mythic Life, you can visit our website at mythiclife.com. Our YouTube is The Mythic Life, Instagram, The Mythic Life. And uh, if you want to join the community, join our Facebook group at Mythic Life Experience. Absolutely wonderful having you and getting to explore this with you, Mark. Absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much, Eric, for this opportunity. And, and you know, it, it's awesome what you're doing, what you and Sarah are doing. It's really exciting. And the difference that you're making in people's lives is really profound. I love you know, the, the philosophy that you had there for Mythic Life. That's really profound and really sums it all up. So yeah, thank you for allowing me this opportunity. And I hope all your listeners got something out of this evening. I'm sure they have. It was absolutely phenomenal. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, everybody.